Thank you, Abby, and the choir. Say amen. Incredible. All right. That is really our um, theme for today. It's not unto us, but unto our Lord and the things that he did in 2014 and the things that he desires to do in 2015. As uh, If you have your Bibles, I want you to open them to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. And in the very first chapter, and we're going to look at that in just a moment. But first of all, I need to do a little bit more review of 2015. At the uh, fall of 2013, we went into a campaign that we called Chapters. And with Chapters, we had three goals to it. One was that uh, we wanted to finish up our master plan that we started in 2001. We had completed most things on our campus. There was probably about $3.5 million worth of facilities needs that need to take place. We had debt of about $2.2 million, and we wanted to retire that over these next three years. And then we decided that we would take 20% of everything that came in and put it towards mission advancement. And we identified about 10 particular projects that we wanted to work with. So let me just real quickly, just an update as to where we are in our chapters. First of all, after 14 months, uh, we're at a giving of over $3 million, 3474000 That's 47% of the project, and we still have two years to go. So we are a little bit of ahead of where we thought we'd be, which is great. So we hope you continue to do that. So by giving of that, where did those funds go? Well, the funds went to facility and debt retirement, and that was $2,780,000 right there. And that went to work on the facilities that we have here. Now, we had some great news from MG&A, uh, those that are doing our construction, is we thought it was going to cost about $3.5 and it came back to where uh, it was less than that. And uh, it was um, closer to two and a half, a little over two and a half. And so we had additional funds that we identified other things here on our campus. He said, well, let's go on and knock those things out too. Keep it all within the same scope of the money that we had pledged as a church. And so what did we do with this money? What have we done around this campus? We didn't build any new buildings. A lot of the things we did were some renovation. One thing that we did, and I just love to read this just because it's a guy thing, is we replaced a 200-ton chiller and a 4.2 million BTU boiler. Uh, so uh, that's sort of an RR. We're loving that. And uh, if you're comfortable in the, in the worship center today, it's because that's been put in. So uh, changed out all that air conditioning uh, there. But then we did a number of other things, and the best way to do that is just take you through some pictures. So I want you to watch and just read and watch.
it's a good bit uh, that got that got accomplished. And uh, these are things that need to be done on our campus. And because of your faithfulness and giving, we were able to do that. And uh, we felt like we've got like a whole new looking campus over here. Now, one of the things may have flown by pretty quick when it said uh, Fellowship Hall Bathrooms. And um, I don't know if you've ever been down in our fellowship hall. And I don't know if you've ever tried to use a bathroom in there. It's a very, it's an opportunity to meet people in a close, t- tight setting. Uh, uh, if you're getting in the guy's bathroom, you always had to open the door and kind of do this to be able to slide in there. And uh, we were able to uh, completely uh, re- redo those bathrooms. So when you finish the service today, if you've never gone down, you need to walk down there and take a look at it. It, to me, is my biggest source of pride uh, that we did those bathrooms. Charles Carter spoke at our at our deacon's banquet uh, Thursday night, and when it was over, I said his legacy is that he will have built the uh, worship center. My legacy is I did those two bathrooms uh, down in the fellowship hall, and his wife Janice says, and you did the better thing. Uh, he says those were in really rough shape. But we did all of those things, but we still had some funds left over. And so we desired to do something that's never happened in the life of this church and provide something that's never been here. Bill Reed, who used to be our minister of education and assistant pastor, had said when he left here that if we ever got a sign in the front of the church to call him because he wants to come back for the unveiling. Well, we want to let you know we've given Bill Reed a call. Because if you look out by the uh, tower, uh, we are, this is the sign that's going up. Uh, we're putting on there, it's going to be a good large sign, says Shays Mountain Baptist Church, so that when people drive down these roads, they know who we are. Uh, if you come up either one of these roads, you have no idea what church we are. See people clapping over here, thank you. So we're going to be Shays Mountain Baptist Church. So that'll be around the middle of February, maybe the 1st of March, and we're excited to get that sign again That's because of the giving that we had for facility improvement. Now, out of the money that we've given for chapters, uh, mission advancement is uh, $695,000. So when we uh, said that we had given missions $2,730,000, this is a part of that. So $695,000 you gave goes strictly to mission advancement. So what does that go to? Just a quick review of the projects and the people that we are supporting over these next three years. First of all, Urban Purpose, with the money that we had, it went to provide for Rachel Coleman, who is a, um, uh, a new employee over there. They needed to have a young woman to work with them. Rachel, we're covering her salary for three years. A-Team. A-Team works with um, children with pediatric cancer and working with their families. We are able for these next three months to provide for an apartment there in Homewood that uh, families can come when their children are being treated at Children's Hospital. They'll have a place to live and to stay while they are here. So we are providing one of those apartments for the next three years. The Syrian refugees, uh, as you know, that was the, the big thing in the news that we've had this past year. And uh, we worked with some uh, ministries there in Lebanon to help with the Syrian refugees that had come. We were both feeding them. We were also doing medical work and also educational work. And so the monies that you're giving, we have sent over there and getting great reports for the work that has been happening. Life Community Church. Life Community Church is in Nolensville, Tennessee. Jay Watson is the pastor there. And uh, part of what our gifts are going to is to help him hire his first staff member. This is Laura Sanderson, who's the children's minister. And we're helping provide her salary for three years. So we did that this, this past year. And 
and we're picking up the second year. Also, with Life Community Church, our biggest, largest amount of funds have gone to them getting their building and, and getting into a building, get it refurbished, and having a permanent space for the first time in seven years. And at the end of our service, we're going to share some more detail about that. Then also in Thailand, working with a missionary, a member of our church, Michael Johnson, and uh, they are doing a relocation project. So they're in the process of purchasing some property, and we're helping provide funds to make that be a reality. Living Hope in Cape Town, South Africa. In, uh, Living Hope has a division called Living Way. And with Living Way, it is a training center. They're trying to build a training center on this property that they have uh, have received recently. And in this building, they will have both their offices and they'll have conference room and training facilities so that they can take people from the community, bring them in, train them how to grow their own crops, and then take them to market to sell them and to be self-sufficient. And not just for them, but then to cause that to spread throughout the community and they begin to tackle some of the poverty that they have in that area. But they need this building. The majority of the funds for this building will be coming from us. We've already sent 75000 The building starts construction this month and it should be completed in April or September, uh, excuse me, August or September. And we send our second half probably around July to cover that building. So we're excited about that. Global Focus, uh, who teaches other churches how to do missions like we're doing. We're helping them in a web-based expansion of their training materials, and we're in the process of that. And then Maranatha Grace uh, is the church. Juan Kwok is the pastor. It's there in Fort Lee, New Jersey. We're providing Edward Lynn's salary. Uh, he's working with college students and high school students, and so we're able to expand their ministry. And then last of all is the Azores. And in the island of Azores, working with the Nielsen family, uh, they are building a children's camp, and our church is providing most of the funds for that, plus we're sending a lot of teams over there to work with them. This past year, they took our funds and they built the first cabins that they'd ever had on this campground. And this summer, they had their first camp. And in that camp, they had six children come to accept Christ as Savior. And so Art is thrilled about that. There's more work to be done. And in fact, we are sending students there in March. And they'll be staying in those cabins and doing work on the field. So that is mission advancement. And these are the things that because you're giving the chapters, we're able to support and to help these various ministries. And that's pretty great news. Now, we've done a lot of things about people giving but also, we've got a lot of people that are going on mission. And it just thrills my heart to see people in this church give of their time, take their vacation time, take their funds and say, we feel God's called us to go on this particular mission trip. And so people going on mission, just let, let me give you an overview as to what you did this year. We had uh, 16 uh, projects, North American projects, and 1,104 people that were involved in those projects. We had 15 international mission projects, and in those we had 165 people that were a part of those. Then we also had 24 what we call individual international projects, and that means they could have gone with another organization or another church or just gone solo. That was 43 people. So when you add it all together, through this church, we had 55 mission projects, North America and international, and 1,312 people from this church that went out and went on mission this last year. So not only were we, that's a great thing, we need to clap for that. 
we're not just we're not just giving of funds, but we're saying let's let's give of our time and, and, and our talents and to be out there. And this is all a part of what we call Touch the World 2015. And um, at the end of 2010, we shared this vision, and it was built on two pillars: evangelism and compassionate justice. And so we've had the great opportunity to go out on mission trips, to go and share the good news of Jesus Christ, where at the same time we've been able to go out and work with uh, sex trafficking people, uh, to be able to help women get out of, of that horrendous uh, trade that's going on. We also have gone in with clean water, and we've done a number of other things, reaching out around the world to do these works of Christ, trying to be his hands and his feet. So I'll just give you a quick picture of where we went this year, and uh, you just sort of follow uh, follow the um, uh, the globe over here, and just get an idea of some of the places that we have been uh, that we have been serving. Uh, actually, we love to cover the southeast. We had a number of opportunities, and then we we've, we've done a lot of concentration up in the northeast. And we went to Canada, went to Toronto, working with Mike Hauser and his new church plant. You can see Japan and Indonesia. Uh, of where we have people that are on the ground there working, South Africa, Zambia, uh, Jordan, and then also a group has gone to Israel and Lebanon, a lot of work in the Middle East. We went to Greece. We've got a group's work in England. There's our Azores Island out there, Dominican Republic, back up to Guatemala, and then we're back up into Alabama. So just to give you a quick look of we have kind of spanned the globe of going out and trying to reach this world for Christ. But one other thing is we have people that go on short-term trips, but then we're having people from our congregation say, I believe God's called me for this season of life to be on the mission field and to work on the mission field. And so today, we have people serving on mission around the world, 29 missionary units totaling 118 people that are Shades Mountain Baptist Church members that are not worshiping with us today because they're out and about all around the world sharing the good news of Christ and pouring their lives into certain people groups. And so that's, that's exciting for us to look at and to see that not only are we giving the funds so that others can go, but we're going ourselves. And then some of us are saying, I think God's called me to implant my life and to invest it in this particular group of people. Now, you see all of that. And you say, man, that's a good year. I think that's a good year. And I, it's amazing what we've been able to do. So where do you go from here? What, what message do we need to have as we go to 2015? Well, as I kept praying about it, I kept being drawn back to 1 Thessalonians. And hopefully you've got your Bible open to 1 Thessalonians. And um, Thessalonica, the, the city in which this book is written to, this group of believers, was a very wealthy city that was a port city. And uh, it was the capital of the province of Macedonia. And on Paul's second missionary journey, he established a church there. But the thing about this church is... When he traveled there, he came, he began to speak, some believers began to respond to the message, and he was there maybe a month, or maybe, excuse me, maybe even just a little bit longer. Then some of the unbelieving Jews got upset, and they ran him out of town. And so he left. And so he left Thessalonica, and as he left it, he always wondered, well, did it take or did it not? So he sent Timothy... One of his, his young, young men in the ministry, and he says, go to Thessalonica, check it out, see how they're doing. 
Well, Timothy went and found out that the church was doing great. And he came back and he gave a great report to Paul. And so Paul's writing a letter to them and he's answering some of the questions that they had. But in the midst of his letter, he's thanking them for what they've accomplished. And I want us to start in the sixth verse. And in the sixth verse, he says, And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Now, as he's writing this, he is giving them incredible praise for what they've done. And and as we look to 2015, I want to give you just a couple of challenges. I want you to write this down and say, okay, let's see if, if I could do this in 2015, what a difference it would make in your life, in this community, and in this church. Number one, imitate Christ. Number one is to imitate Christ. He says in verse six, he says, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. You were an imitator of the Lord. That word imitate in the Greek language is a word that is like mimetai, which we get our word mimic. You need to copy. You need to mimic. You need to be able to imitate Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times we can say, oh, let's just be Christ-like. Well, what does that mean? When it says you want to be Christ-like, then it means that you should have the, the same love for the Heavenly Father as He had for the Heavenly Father. It means that you should have that same commitment to prayer as Jesus had where He was consistent in His prayer time. It would mean that we would have a love for all people, even those that we disagree with. We love those that are friends, but we also love those that are enemies. We show a love for others that is beyond understanding. It means that we forgive those who wrongfully hurt us. It says that we live a life that is a righteous life. We're never going to achieve perfection. But what we do is we say, God, I want to as much as possible to live that righteous life. I want to live as your son lived. Imitators of Christ. Wouldn't it be incredible in 2015 if we said, this is my goal. I'm going to imitate Christ. And... Part of your goal could be, well, you know what? Maybe I'll read through the Gospels this year. And as I read through the Gospels, it'll help me to understand more about Jesus and exactly how he lived his life and what he did and what his teachings were. And that is who I want to imitate. What Paul said is, hey, this church, this new church, you imitate Christ. That's good news. Let me tell you the second thing. Leave an impression on others. Leave an impression on others. In verse 7. He says, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. You became an example. That, that word example is a word also that means model. But it's interesting is the word example is derived from the word that means to strike, to make a blow, to leave a form, to leave an impression. It is where we get our English word type. 
So if you want to take yourself way back to where we used to have little typewriters, any of y'all can remember those? Maybe some of you have seen them in movies uh, on there. And, you know, it's funny because Janice and I will watch a movie and they'll do something as simple as have a rotary dial phone and Janice will look at me and she says, young people have no idea what they're doing right now uh, when they're dialing that phone. And sometimes even with a typewriter. You know, with a typewriter, when you push down the key, let's say you push down A, when you push down A, there's a little bar inside there that's got an impression of an A. And when you push A, it comes up and it slaps against the paper or against the ribbon and it leaves an impression to strike, to make an impression. What the Apostle Paul says is you are making an impression on people in Macedonia and Achaia and everywhere where the word goes forth. They're talking about you. They're talking about those believers in Thessalonica. You are leaving an impression. How about 2015? For each one of us to say, you know, I want to leave an impression on others. And that's a good impression. I didn't put the word good. I'm assuming that, okay? (laughs) We want to leave a good impression on others. You know, life, I, I love the, I guess it's really just like an illustration, a picture about what kind of legacy will you leave in life. You've got two options. Your legacy in life will either be like taking a hand and putting it in a bucket of water and pulling it out. Because no sooner do you pull it out than the water just forms back and it's the way it always was. Or do you put your hand in cement? And then when you pull your hand out of there, it hardens and there's an impression that's left there for life. May 2015 be the day, the year, when you think cement, not water. I'd love to leave a lasting impression. I don't want to be one that was here and then they said, hey, never really knew him. Never really made much of an impact. You've got a great opportunity to do that. The church at Thessalonica, a young, vibrant church, they says, you are an example to others. And third is this, be intentional. Be intentional. And this is, uh, this is really where this, this passage jumped off the pages to me. And I, I read it, and then I looked at the message. And, uh, and I read it in the message And so I want to read that to you, and I want you to follow with this. And as a paraphrase of verse 7 through 10, and see if you can relate to this. He says, do you know that all over the provinces of both Macedonia and Achaia, believers look up to you? I mean, all over these places, these people are looking up to you. The word has gotten around. Your lives are echoing the master's word. Not only in the provinces, but all over the place. The news of your faith in God is out. I mean, people are talking about it. He said, we don't even have to say anything anymore. You are the message. People come up and they tell us how you received us with open arms, how you deserted the dead idols of your old life so you could embrace and serve God, the true God. And they marvel at how expectantly you await the arrival of his son, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescued us from certain doom. Did you capture that? I mean, Paul, wherever he goes, somebody walks up and says, hey, that church in Thessalonica, I I know their story. I know their story. I know how they welcomed you when you came in over there. I, I know how they began to grow. I even know the story about how you got run out of town. But then I know how you came back and, and, this, and they're just doing incredible. And, and they're living. They're turned away from the idols. They're living for Jesus. We know the story. <clears throat> he says, everyone's talking about this. And I thought about that. 
And I thought about being intentional so that people know that, know that story. Let me give you a, a, just a map, because a lot of you, when you say Macedonia and Achaia, most of you are putting in your GPS saying, I'm not really sure where that is. All right, this is Greece, okay? And here is Thessalonica right here. This is Macedonia. They're the capital of that province. And then you've got Achaia right down over here. It's where Corinth and Sparta and all that area is right in there, okay? So they said, Paul said, everybody in Macedonia and Achaia have heard all about you and they know all about you. And then he also said, and everywhere else that the word goes forth. And um, he says, it's gone forth everywhere. So in this area, they know, but it's even over here, they know, and over here, they know everywhere the gospel's going. People know, know your story. So that got me thinking. Let's say this is Birmingham. And we looked at this map and we said, Shades Mountain Baptist Church, you're in Birmingham, largest city in the state. You know, the people up north, Decatur, Huntsville, Muscle Shoals, they know about your story. They know your story. I know they do. You can call some churches and say, hey, tell them about Shades Mountain Baptist Church. They, they say, oh, man, that's a great, great church. And then you go south and you get down by Montgomery and you go down to Wiregrass area and then you get down around Mobile and, and uh, you, you can talk down there. And they will say, hey, we know about Shades Mountain Baptist Church. And we go to the convention every year and you always get that award for giving the most money and cooperative program or so. So yeah, we've heard. We've heard some great, great things are happening. And you know what? You could travel from there and I could take you to Jordan. Uh, I, I could take you to Egypt. I could uh, take you to Israel, could take you to Lebanon, and there'll be pastors there that say, Shades Mountain Baptist Church, we know about them. We know about them. We could take you places all around the world, and people would say, Shades Mountain Baptist Church, that is a great church. They're doing some great things. And I could also get with you, we could leave here at lunch and go to Panera Bread and sit down and say, I'm at Shades Mountain Baptist Church, and they would say, I don't know anything about them. I don't even know where you're talking about. I don't even know where they are. I've never really ever heard of them. That's just Panera Bread down here. And what it got me thinking was this church in Thessalonica. I wonder how many people in Thessalonica knew about this church. Because when stories get out and people begin to brag or talk about all these great things that you do, it can spread. But how are you doing right here? And it made me ask the question about how are we doing right here in Birmingham? How about in Vestavia Hills? Does everybody know about Shays Mountain Baptist Church? How about Homewood? Hoover? West End? Downtown Birmingham? Do they even know who we are? Do they even know where we're located? And if they have heard of us, what do they think? You say, then why, why are you bringing this up? The reason I bring this up is because when we do Discover Shades class and people come and we talk to them, and I say, yeah, we've lived here for two years. And uh, we visit a lot of different churches. And we said, well, what about ours? Well, you know, we didn't know much about it. And it was, looked like a big church on a hill. Just thought it'd be real cold. So we didn't visit. But then we said, take a shot. And we did. Oh, and we love it. It's incredible. 
And it just surprised me how many people have no idea who we are and where we are over here. Now, you need to hear my heart. This is not my heart saying, hey, we got an incredible story. You got to tell everybody so everybody knows our story. Or we just got to build some numbers up over here. That's as far away as what I'm wanting to tell you. What I'm wanting to tell you is we are like a water station sitting on this mountain. And there are a lot of thirsty people here in this town. A lot of thirsty people. And we in this church have an opportunity to provide living water for people that need it. And it's easy for us to look at all the accolades of the things that we've done. And I'm as excited as any person here on the amazing things that we've done. And there's probably only a handful of churches in the whole convention that could probably stand here and share some of the things that we've done. That's fine. But we are right here in our own community with people that need a place of refuge. For people that need a place where they can get renewed again. For people here that can get, need to get reinvigorated. For people that need to get a new start. For people that need to understand the Lord and, and who He is and what His plan is for their life. And they are right here. And they don't read all the clippings. They don't know who we are, don't know what we have to offer. And the only way they'll ever know this is if you and I are intentional. Intentional in telling people about the gospel and intentional in saying, hey, if you're thirsty, we got a great watering hole right here at the top of this mountain. On Green Springs, Columbiana, whatever you want to call the street, we're right here. And we invite you to come. Because our thought is if people will just come, all of a sudden they're going to be wrapped up by the love of the people in this fellowship. I've pastored, I've visited a lot of churches, I've had a lot of people talk to me. And I keep over and over, people keep saying, that is the most loving church I've ever been a part of. And we have got so much love in this place. And we've got so many people that care for others that we just need to be intentional to bring them in. Our goal is not to take people from other churches. If they're in other churches, fine. Our goal is to find people who don't have a church. And they're looking for something. And what we need to do is to be intentional. Because it's a scary thing when people in Israel and Jordan and South Africa know our story, but yet people sitting at Panera and Zoe's and McDonald's, they don't even know who we are or where we are. We need to let them know. And the best way is to be intentional and share that story. You know, there are so many people in this congregation in 2014 that could stand up and talk about how difficult this year has been because you've walked through some really rough waters. And I cannot tell you the number of emails that I receive from those people thanking me just because they don't know who else to send it to for the incredible way that this church has ministered to them and helped them walk through that difficult time. I'm telling you, folks, the ministry of this church is really strong. Now, we can always improve, but it's not because the staff is out there doing this. Most of this ministry is taken on by lay people, involved in small groups, involved in Sunday school, and they are helping people walk through the toughest times of their life. And they're coming out of the end of it stronger than ever, praising God and ready to go on with life's journey. Be intentional. Does that make sense? Let's tell them we have got something great that's happening here. 
And there are people that need to be a part of a Bible-believing church that teaches God's Word, that worships God, that gives opportunities for people to serve outside the walls of the church and to be a part of His walk and His, his mission. Just be intentional. And the very last thing is this, and that is look for God's surprises. Look for God's surprises. I think that whenever we are imitators of Christ, we want to leave an impression on people. We're intentional in sharing God is going to do something that's going to be a big surprise. And I want you to look for those surprises. A lot of those type of things uh, happen throughout the year. But I think one of my favorites is what happened at the end of this year. Back in 2013 at our, our Global Impact Celebration, one of our missionaries shared about the refugees, the Syrian refugees that were coming into Lebanon. And there was a lady in our church, Tanalee Thigpen, and Tanalee Thigpen had heard this person say, what they need is they need sewing kits. It would be great if they could have some sewing kits. And it'd give the women some things to do and give us an opportunity probably to witness and to share with them. So Tanalee Thigpen, who's got a great missions heart, but because of some physical situations, she can't go on these mission trips. And so when she heard that, she said, this is my goal. I'm going to put together some sewing kits. And so she got some other ladies involved. And so she brings in some other senior adult ladies and said, we're going to put together these sewing kits. But I'm talking about the boss hog of sewing kits. I mean, incredible. I mean, you know, it's kind of the shades way. We're going to add everything we can in there. And Oh, you can make a whole wardrobe off this one kit. So they put all these kits together and, and they worked on this and they ended up and they talked to Jeremy and Jeremy thought they were going to give them maybe 10 or 15. And all of a sudden she comes up with a hundred sewing kits sewing kits. So she gives them all to Jeremy. Jeremy takes them and he calls and says, how much would it cost to ship these over there? It was like half our, our mortgage or something. I mean, it was really expensive. So we just held on to them. Jeremy didn't know. He said, all I can all I know to do is hold on to them. The individual who was working in that ministry at the time is no longer doing that. So, so what do we do with these? Well, all of a sudden, Jeremy and some others had an opportunity to travel to Lebanon uh, on a mission trip. So he loaded them all up in about four, four trunks and they load these trunks up and they travel to Lebanon. And so they travel to Lebanon, the missionary picks them up and they, and they're getting all their luggage and they go to this missionary's house to uh, sort of settle down and they got these trunks there. And so the missionary and his wife and a friend of hers are sitting there on the sofa and they said, so what are in the trunks? He said, well, let me just show you what I brought over. I don't know if you can use them. And he opens them up. And when he opens them up, these two women start bawling. I mean, they are just weeping. And I was laughing with Jeremy. And Jeremy said, should I close it back up? Is this bad? <laughs> you know, what should I do? And, uh, and they're crying. And all of a sudden they look up at him and they said, two years ago, when all of this started, the two of us said, what do we need to get an entree into sharing the gospel with these Syrian women? And we said, we need sewing kits. And she said, where are we going to get them? I don't know. Let's pray. And for two years, these women have been praying that somewhere sewing kits would show up. Guess what? Four trunks of sewing kits showed up. That's pretty good, but it goes a step further. Is that there was a woman, one of the Syrian refugees, who had a sewing business who became a believer 
And so when she became a believer, she's looking for some way to be able to share her faith with others. Guess what they did? They brought her in and said, you've got sewing kits. Why don't you try to train some of these other ladies how to sew and in the midst share the gospel? And that is exactly what is happening. And so the gospel is being spread throughout Syrian refugees because Tanalee Thigpen got a heart from a GIC talk and said, we need to make some sewing kits. And people have been praying for two years for them, and it all came together, and God's Word's moving. Now, see, you don't get those kind of stories when you're just hanging out at Panera Bread, do you? Or even at most of your works? I mean, this is God stuff. And we are a blessed church to know that we get to be a part of this and just see God's hand move. We couldn't have orchestrated this if we tried. But we're just trying to be obedient to God and say, what is it you want me to do? I want to give you my time. I want to give you my talent. I want to give you my resources. And then God, you just direct us and show us what it is that you want us to do. Folks, these are exciting days. And 2014 was an incredible year. 2015, we can be even better. Let's be imitators of Christ. Let's leave an impression on those that we come into contact with. Let's be intentional. And when we do this, Let us open up our eyes and look for God's surprises, okay? Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for what all that you did in 2014 and that we were able to be a part of. And we we thank you, Lord, that, that we could not have orchestrated any of this, but it's only because of your might and your power and your love for this world that you were able to do these things and and you allowed us to be a part of that. And we thank you for that, and we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. And, Lord, we want to continue to be a bright light sitting on this mountain. We want to be a place that will provide living water for those that are thirsty here in this city. Lord, help us to be intentional. Open up our eyes to see the needs of those around us. And let us be sharing that good news. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the past, and we anticipate an incredible future of walking with you. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.